Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Joined as always by myself, G.H. Wiley, and the wonderful, awesome Grant Mona. It's the Clipper crew today, guys, so you're kind of stuck with us. Um, yeah. Clipper sports, at least for the first segment, if not maybe into the second. So for all you Laker fans out there, you know, you're in ninth place, so just deal with it. Um, <laughs> uh, before we get into how great our Clippers are doing and how bad the Lakers are doing, um, I did want to go out there and shout out Caitlin Clark. Not like she's going to listen to this, but I do want to shout out Caitlin Clark for becoming and congratulating her for becoming the second highest scorer in women's college basketball. Grant, she only has 139 more points. She's 139 points away from beating the record. Um, she averages 30 points a game. And if she's on pace and she continues to average 30 points a game, she can beat this record in five games. So, I mean, GA, do you think, do you think that she should have been like, cause I know they're having a Sabrina Ionescu thing with Steph Curry at the, at the three point shootout. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I feel like Caitlin Clark would be better for that. And I know it's, she's in college and it's WNBA against NBA, but I feel like Caitlin Clark is like way more comparable to the Steph Curry, right? You know what? I mean, if you watch Sabrina in college, she is very similar to, she Caitlin. was like that too. Yeah. She is very yeah. similar to that, but I get where you're coming from because she's a little bit more. No, no offense to Sabrina. I think I love her. I've been on Sabrina's jock for years. Like, I think that she's a phenomenal mm-hmm. athlete. She has that Kobe Mamba mentality. She literally oh, yeah. was trained by Kobe. So, like, you know, I love Sabrina and I love this fit and I love, you know, how, where her career and her trajectory is going. I wish that she would have won a title, but, you know, she'll get there. Um, yeah. But that being said, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I would love it. What I would really love is I would love for there to be an all star break for the All-Star break to combine both um, leagues, right? So the WNBA and the NBA, and I would love to see them combine that just like they do for um, the All-American, uh, McDonald's All-American, when they combine those kids together in high school. I know that their leagues are mm-hmm. completely separate, you know, one's in the summer, one's in normal basketball season, winter in two summer. Um, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I personally would love to see it where they compete against one another at the three-point line. I will, however, say this is BS for me because I, they're both playing at their, at their respective, uh, three point lines. And yeah, yeah. Sabrina's got range, man. Put her on that NBA line. She'll be fine. I'm fine. She, I think she said she is though. I think she said she's going to, she's going to step back to the NBA three point line. I hope she does because it's like, yeah. I, I just remember like growing up for me and training, like you get better when you train against people that are better than you. Right. So like you want, right. you want to improve, right. like you're not going to, you're not going to play mm-hmm. against somebody that's not on your level 
at least on your level, if not better than you, right? So like, you don't want to go below, you don't want to go down (laughs) two pegs or up peg, you want to go up two pegs. So you always want to like, I used to always shout out to Manhattan Heights, I used to always go and ball there because it was all dudes hanging out there and playing and that's the only way that was going to get better. Like no offense to the women or anything like that. I'm not shading them by any means. Um, but if you want to get better, you, you play against, what is that saying? You, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. So, right. You know, that's what I think. And that, that stems for everybody. That's not like a gender thing for me, at least. Like, I think that that stems for everybody. So, um, you know, if she does this, this is why I think that she could be, she could be the goat. She could be, I mean, she already is a great player, but she could be even better, you know, because she's challenging herself to go past mm. beyond that WNBA mark. So kudos to her. I love that. I think that's great. I think she should. Um, there's a debate of whether you should have an NBA ball versus a WNBA ball, but you know what? I'm I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take the W's as I can. That she's even going backwards, you know, um, even further out beyond the beyond the arc. Um, okay, it's Clipper time, guys. I mean, you knew it was coming when Grant and I are behind the mic. So, um, yeah, they played Washington in Capital One Arena, dominate, dominated, which is which I guess is not really saying much because it's Washington. <laughs> so I'll, we'll take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, Clippers are fourth in the Western Conference standings right now. There's obviously there's no gimme games, but they do play Detroit on Saturday. Put that out there as as you will. And then they go on to play Miami as well. So wanted to hear your thoughts as far as what do these guys need to do in order to, you know, win three in a row or just continue on this winning streak? Yeah, I mean, for the Clippers, look, they're on such a tough road trip right now, regardless of the opponent, GA. It's going to be tough because you're on the road for, I think they're on the road for 11 games, 11 days straight, I should say. Seven games in 11 days. Um, It's right before the trade deadline, so you're kind of treading water. You're trying to get to that break. Um, And, you know, they're playing, they played you know, a team that's really not going to be in contention anytime soon in the Wizards. They're going to be playing the Pistons. Uh, but Jihei, they just played a pretty tough stretch, right? They played the Raptors, who are always scrappy. They played the best team in basketball, the Boston Celtics. And then they played one of the hottest teams in basketball in the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's not like they're playing bad teams. It's that they finally get kind of a little break here. And then after they played Detroit, Jihei, they have to go play Miami. And Miami's not really, of course, Miami's not doing great right now. They're on a losing streak. Um, and actually, they just won last night against the Kings, but they were in a slide. And now they're starting to trend better because they got Terry Rozier. Um, they're trying to, you know, get back up into the upper echelon of the East. So any game the, the Clippers play from here on out, if you're a top four or five seed, teams are going to be coming after you. So I'm very glad that they got a convincing win against the Wizards because it looked like in the first half that the Wizards were going to stick with them and you weren't going to get rest for Kawhi Leonard. You weren't going to get rest for James Harden. And Paul George, I I know, Jihei, we've talked a lot about guys sitting out and we've talked a lot about guys being hurt and it sucks when the two stars are out. This is one of the rare instances where I wanted Paul George to sit out and he actually did. Um, So... I'm glad that he did that because he was nursing a groin injury. He did not look the same. 
And they didn't need him. They they have such a talented team that you could just insert Amir Coffey in there. And Amir Coffey gave him 17 points last night. He has been awesome for the Clippers. Not just when Paul George has been out, but when he's in there as well. He's such a great rotation piece. Um, this Clipper team, I think they can finish out this stretch undefeated. This road trip, Grammy trip. Thankfully, Jihei, it is the last Grammy trip for the Clippers because they move into a brand new modern luxury upscale arena next year. But um, yeah, finishing out this road trip, it, it's critical to go undefeated or at least with one more loss um, and going into the trade deadline. Because when you get home, Jihei, you have to play the Pelicans and the Pelicans give the Clippers fits every time. So yeah. um, they're yeah. playing great right now. James Harden's playing great. But um, yeah, just finish it out strong. Yeah, no, I mean, I can definitely see them finishing out the the rest of this road trip with no losses, right? I mean, um, they're yeah. playing it smart, too, because, and like you said, no offense to him, I, I love me um, some quote-unquote playoff P, but, like, I, you know, he's he's convinced me after <laughs> after he, you know, helped us get to the Western Conference Finals, I, I can kind of cut him a little bit of slack, Um and not be as harsh as I think I've been um, once he gave himself that nickname. Um, You know, I I like the fact that we have a squad where we don't need to solely rely on two players, right? I I like it. I like the fact that these kids are stepping up too. You know, you can get Amir Coffee on there. You can even get Plumlee can, you know, show up and help out a little bit on on defensive end and the scrap Mm -hmm. end, like, you know, the tangibles, right? The stuff that, like, you don't technically mark um, or keep track of the hustle. So I, li- I like that. Right. I like that. And, um, you know, so I, yeah, I can see them definitely, you know, going undefeated for the rest of, for the rest of this time. Um, who's not going undefeated is the Lakers, are the Lakers right now. I mean, man, it, <laughs> I don't want to say it's rough being a Laker fan because y'all got a, a, a championship, you know, be it asterisk or be it not, it's still a chip in 2020. So I can't really sit there and complain and be like, oh my gosh, the poor Lakers. Like, they're. Exactly. But, Thank you. you know. I try to explain that to Laker fans. Like, you are so spoiled. And yeah. they say, like, oh my God, we're so bad right now. Well, listen, the Clippers were bad for 50 years and yeah. like now we're finally good. So, yeah. like, the, the Laker fans, they have no, like, they just won a title in this decade, like just in 2020. So I don't see that, that argument there. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> unfortunately the the day I became a Clipper fan was the day that basically all of that was going to come up, right? It was going to always be the uh, the age-old argument. Well, like, A, the question always came up, why are you a Clipper fan? But then after, you know, I had to explain myself, which I think it's crap that I have to explain myself, but whatever, neither here nor there. You, like, you explain yourself, and they finally <laughs> are like, well, you know, we're just really not where we used to be. And I'm like, you cannot, like, there's no room for you to complain right now, at least in my eyes, as said Clipper fan who's never won anything in their whole entire 43 years of living. So um, <laughs> that being said, they do play a uh, the number one seed seeded team in the East in the Celtics who are, man, I, I have always said this and I love him to death, but I just, he does not come and show up and perform in the postseason. I love me some Tatum and he is Balling right now, but at the same time, come postseason, you're going to be like, "Where was that Tatum? Why is he not here?" That be again. That being said, they do play them tonight. Um, what uh, What are our thoughts on this? Is this going to like? What do the Lakers need to do in order to to get this W or even to maybe contend? I I, I hate to even say that because Clipper fans are probably like, "Oh, screw you!" Blah, blah blah. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> guys, you're you're in this 
in this whole this cul-de-sac of I don't want to say mediocrity, but it's not it's not it's not good. It just it doesn't look good. That's all. Yeah, I think Jihei right now. This is the worst time for the Lakers to be playing the Celtics. Like, this is the absolute worst time for them to play the best team in the league. Like, I just, if they could get a game against the Pistons right now, I think the Lakers would gladly take that, obviously. But um, the Lakers, look, they're such a confusing team, right? Because they beat the Thunder, they beat the Mavericks, and they competed with the Clippers. And then they go ahead and they lose to the Nets, the the Hawks, and it's like, you know, what are we doing here? Which team am I getting every night? And I just don't understand, you know, from game to game, which team I'm going to get. And they beat the Warriors, too, and a Warriors team that, look, I know they have a bad record, but they still are very hard to defend, and they beat them in double overtime. So I see stretches from this Lakers team, and I'm like, okay, they're back. They're finally going to go on a run, and me, me and Arash talked about this. And then the next game, we come on the air, and we're like, well, that was a disappointment. It's like you lose to Houston, you lose to Atlanta, two teams that cannot really play that great of defense. Um, and offensively, they're kind of scattered. You get one game here, you get one game there where they're consistent, and then they're not. So they're kind of like the Lakers, and the Houston Rockets are right behind the Lakers in the play-in standings. So for the Lakers playing the Celtics team tonight, I mean, I know that the Lakers get up for these types of games, and they usually do. They they play pretty competitive against some of the good teams. Like I just said, they played well against the Clippers. I know they lost, but they were without LeBron, and they played pretty well. They beat the Thunder, who are the two, the one seed in the West. They beat the Mavericks, who are a top seed. They're a top seven seed in the West. Um, and then they lose to the bad teams. So I think against the Celtics... I mean, just judging by history, I think they're going to compete with them. I think it's going to be a close game. Now, obviously, this could be derailed very quickly, and we've seen the Celtics put a whooping on the Lakers in recent years, but I just think that this Lakers team, they play up to the level of competition, but they also play down to the level of competition. So, Jihei, I wish I could give you a preview. I wish I could say, oh, this is the Laker team that, that is going to show up. But every time I've said that, they played the opposite. So I can't really say unless I see a coaching change, unless I see a roster change, or unless I see a lineup change. And I have yet to see either of those. So I don't know. Yeah, and that's the problem too, right? We, I think we've talked about it on the show ad nauseum about a lineup change. I know we're in the group chats on a regular basis talking about a lineup change. People come up with some crazy, crazy lineup changes where I'm like, "Yeah, are you guys drunk?" Because like this, these lineup <laughs> changes are just not. You know, I would think. I mean, Darvin, don't be wrong. Like he's, I'm sure he's mixing it up. He's trying to figure it out. But like, I don't think he's that dumb to put the lineup changes that we that we've seen in the group chats. Um, as of yes, like, yeah, yeah. I was actually just gonna say that. I'm like, dude, they play, they do play up and or down to the level of competition. That being said, if they do play up to the level of competition in the Celtics, I mean, there could possibly be because this is these are two storied franchises. And I mean, you know, the media is going to get up for this. They're like the Lakers will get up for this. Yeah. They're, you know, and fans will get hyped yeah. for this too. You know, on both ends, both you know whether you put, whether you're going to be playing at crypto or whether you're going to be playing at the Garden. Like people get up for these games, you know, that have historically been huge rivalries, right? Um, yeah. What do they say, bleak Boston? So you know, like I think <laughs> that <laughs> I, I think that. With that being said, because we just said, you just said it, you hit the nail on the head. Like 
they they either lose they lose to the bad teams, but they stay in contention or win the uh, beat the good teams, right? And so, I mean, this this might be actually I don't even know. Do you know what Vegas has on this? I haven't even looked at the line for this. Yeah, yeah, Jihei, it's actually it's actually Celtics minus ten and a half. So Ooh, they are heavily favored. <laughs> yeah, they are heavily favored in this one. <laughs> I mean, do they have? And that's assuming I, I'm. I'm guessing Jihei. I'm guessing Jihei. I think LeBron and AD are going to play. I've seen no indication that they're not going to play together. So I don't. I know maybe I don't. It can't be the talent disparity. It has to be some injury or something. But maybe this line will come down when we see the injury reports. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised by that ten and a half too. That's crazy. A that's a big points. line. Man, that's a lot of points. That's like the yeah. equivalent to like. You know, Duke playing East Iowa Northern State University, and it's like thirty a thirty five. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy to have that many points. I mean, they're not Detroit. You can't give them that bad of a line. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's a lot, man. Um, but also, Jihei. But also, Jihei. They they are under five hundred. So yeah. like. I can see why the line is like that because I know I've said that they play up to competition of good teams, but if you're just looking at it solely on record and, and the rosters, obviously I'm going to take the Celtics by a lot because they've been playing the best out of anybody in the league. Uh, they have way more talent, in my opinion, on the roster now that I've seen it for half of a season. So I, I guess I could see that, but rivalry games, Jihei, usually rivalry games and games where guys get up for it. It's an event. It's kind of prime time. Usually the, these games are semi close, um, except for Bucks Celtics, but Lakers Celtics games are usually pretty good. So I don't know why this line is so high. It's insane. Um, just from what I'm looking at right now, obviously this could change, you know, something drastic could happen for some weird reason, but normally it's not. Um, both Davis and LeBron are day to day. So I'm under the assumption that yeah. they're playing, but like, I'm just, again, just assuming, I'm just assuming this isn't a fact, but like, you know, I'm just assuming that they're going to play. That being said, if they are going to play, I mean, this is going to be a great game. Um, I guess again, yeah. teams been balling out white, by the way, has been crushing people Very like good. ridiculously yeah. good. I mean, maybe, maybe he finally, you know, has come is coming into his own after he shaved his head. Has no more hair. So, like, I, I, <laughs> is that the power? Is is that all it took for him to become like a fringe all star? Ga, I think that's I feel, what it is. I feel like that's what it is. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'm freeing. I'm accepting myself. This is who I be. Like, deal with it. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm gonna Michael Jordan it now. Like, he's just no, free hair, yeah. free the hair or whatever he's doing. So, it's working, man. It's yeah. working. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't really deny that. Oh anymore. yeah. Um. Gee, hey, before before we go on, can I uh, can I mention something? I'd love um, to mention something. We were talking a little bit about college basketball, and I went to University of the Pacific too, and I wanted to mention that our former coach Damon Stoudemire, he is the coach of Georgia Tech, yes. and they just beat UNC, and they I beat know. Duke and UNC this year. And he was such a nice guy when I played athletics there. He was such an awesome coach for that program. He kind of turned around that program as well. Um, and it's just so great to see him 
do well at Georgia Tech. I'm so happy for him because he went to the NBA for the Celtics and he left the Celtics job, which is a very good job. And he took that head coaching program, uh, head coaching job at the Georgia Tech program. And it looks like he loves that. It looks like the players love him and they got two great wins this year. So I just wanted to shout out Damon Stoudemire. No, absolutely. I actually watched that game and it was glorious. I'm not going to lie to you. It was so great. There's, um, there's oh, yeah. always a, there's a saying if you can't go to the, it's, it's long, but so I'm not going to bore you guys with it because we're running out of time. But, um, long story short, North Carolina losing and Duke winning my two favorite things on the whole entire planet. So, uh, congratulations to Georgia Tech, even though I know, um, their first W was against us. And I think that they're actually, their record's not that great in the ACC. I think they're like three and seven, no, but you know what? Yeah. He's overtaking a brand new program. Georgia Tech has not been good for a very right. long time. So, I mean, the fact that he can, they, they beat the only two ranked teams in the ACC. I mean, yeah. you got to tip your hat to that. Granted, I will give you this though. Those are two home games. Just like to point that out. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. But that being said, a win's a win, man. Home or away, right. a win is a win. It shouldn't matter, you know, that he, and it's, it's interesting because like the home field advantage, technically the home court advantage in college basketball right now is ridiculous. I'm it's, talking like it's real. Kids that aren't even like able to, you know, kids that aren't even ranked right now are beating, you know, top ranked teams. Florida just beat Kentucky last night. Like, yeah, what world does that happen where Kentucky loses and Florida wins? Like, in OT, in overtime. Like, and then by the way, that wasn't a away game. I just want to point that out. That was at Rupp. So, congratulations, Florida, for those Gators, Mr. Castleton. I hope you enjoyed that uh, W for you. Guys, let's show for now. When we get back, we're going to be uh, still joined, obviously, by myself and Grant Mona. We'll be talking all of the Dodgers and spring training when we get back. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back, guys, to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM. Um, Just as a reminder... If you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. We did tease earlier that we were going to talk all Dodger baseball. Before we get to what I was going to say, I want to know your thoughts. Spring training is coming up very, very shortly. I mean, what, two weeks from now? Two weeks from now? I believe. Yeah, in a few yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah, a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Obviously, Dodgers have Dodger fans are very excited and have something actually to be excited about. Um, tons of major signings. Uh, you know, we have such great vets as well. 
what I really want to know, because I have been complaining about this for years, even when we won in 2020, I still complained about it. And I think I might continue to pl- complain about it if <laughs> things don't change. How about that bullpen, man? Because it's just, it's always been rough. It's always been a source of contention for Dodger fans, specifically this Dodger fan. Um, how, how are we looking as far as that is concerned outside of the signings that we did uh, obtain in uh, free agency? Yeah, look, I mean, the Dodgers bullpen last year in the playoffs was probably the best thing that was about that playoffs run for the Dodgers. Uh, and the NLDS, the bullpen actually, I don't think they allowed a single earned run. Um, and the starting pitching was the issue, right? But obviously the bullpen has been one of the major parts of questions when you go into the playoffs for the Dodgers. Um, and especially throughout the season. This offseason, they have one guy that's still not signed, Jihei, that they need to absolutely prioritize, and that's Ryan Brazier. Ryan Brazier, when he came over after he was cut from the Boston Red Sox, he was probably the Dodgers' best reliever, and that was up there with Bruce Dargraderol, Evan Phillips, um, those type of guys. And Ryan Brazier put up a sub-one ERA. He was electric, and it was, I mean, I credit a lot of it to the Mark Pryor system and how good that pitching uh, coaching staff is. Um, but they really need to prioritize signing him. They ju- the Dodgers just signed James Paxton, which is a... It's honestly, Jihei, it's kind of like a, a Clayton Kershaw move without signing Clayton Kershaw. That's kind of the, uh, the kind of production that James Paxton will give. He's not a, a power lefty, but he's a guy that'll give you five or six innings, much like Ryan Yarbrough did last year. But Ryan Brazier was excellent for them. And if they don't get him back, I do see one of the younger guys stepping up, maybe a Kyle Hurt, maybe you bring up a Nick Frosso and have one of those younger arms, maybe a Gavin Stone if he doesn't fit into that rotation. Maybe you can throw him as long relief. Um, but the Dodgers bullpen, in my eyes, they signed Joe Kelly back, so he's back. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be just fine. And now with such an awesome starting rotation, and this is even without Shohei Otani, Jihei, I think with this starting rotation, you get guys that can go deep into games. Yoshinobu Yamamoto can go seven innings. I know they probably won't let them go past seven or eight because that's just how the Dodgers work. But you have guys like Tyler Glasnow that can extend games. He's an elite pitcher. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, great pitcher. Walker Bueller, he's going to be on an innings restriction, so he probably won't be going deep into games. So having long relief guys, Jihei, I think this year is going to be the biggest thing as opposed to years in the past where you have guys that are just power and not finesse. Now you have you have to have guys that can go three to four innings, which is why I think we'll see some of the young starting arms from OKC or and from the young minor league systems. I think you'll see some of the starters migrate into the Dodgers uh, bullpen and kind of give them long relief. Because I think the Dodgers this year, they understand that it's all about October, and I know that's how they've been for years and years and years. But with a team this talented and with so much you know, talent even in the rotation. I think they're going to be solely focused on keeping guys as healthy as possible going into October. And the way to do that is to limit innings and give the bullpen a longer of a leash. So I think that's kind of the path they'll take. But in terms of how they look, I would love to see Ryan Brazier come back because if they lose him, uh, yes, a young guy can step in, but it's unproven. We've seen what Ryan Brazier can do in that bullpen. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I miss the longevity of the game, like guys being able to stay in there seven, Me eight too. innings. I, I, I do miss it. Me too. Um, but at least this is something to look forward to if, you know, they can maintain their health 
And it, it is always about October. At the end of the day, it is about October, especially for yeah. fans that are probably sick of the 100 game. Quick question for you. Would you rather win over 100 plus games like we have been, like the Dodgers have been, and, you know, be out in the first again, or maybe even make it, you know, as far as like, you know, winning the conference or anything like, and something like that, you know, or, and not winning the World Series or being like, forget that. Let's just barely make it over and then win and then going into a momentum, um, and, or getting into a flow and winning the World Series. Which one would you, I prefer? mean, obviously. Obviously, like you'd love to win a hundred games every year. Like you, you'd obviously want to win the division every year. But if you're telling me, gee, hey, like you have the magic crystal ball and you said in this, in this corner, you have a hundred wins in a division title, but you don't win the world series. And in this one, you have a kind of tumultuous season, but you get in and you win the world series or even get to a world series. I'd take the one on the right, on the right every time. I'd take the one where it's the tougher route, but you get in and you make a run in the playoffs. I just take that every time. And I know that a lot of Dodger fans is like, Oh yeah, but that's not how you generate ticket sales. And they, you know, we want, we want to win the division. Like we hate the Padres. We hate the Giants. Listen, the main objective this year, I don't care how they do it. GA, I'm sick of losing in the first round. I'm sick of this team losing when they shouldn't. I'm sick of them getting to the NLCS and then dying out. I'm sick of guys getting hurt. I think they just care about winning a title. Much like Jihei, you know, the Clippers are this year. The Clippers don't care about awards. They don't care about MVPs. They don't care about all-star appearances. They don't care what the media says about them. If they did, they wouldn't be in the position they are right now. And I think that's the mentality that the Dodgers should take. We don't care what how people are painting us. Obviously, everyone's painting the Dodgers as a villain right now for good reason. I mean, I would too. It just so happens that I love the Dodgers and I follow the Dodgers. But if I was from the outside, I'd be thinking that as well. But for the Dodgers... Who cares what people think? What is the main objective of every offseason, Jihei? It is to get the best players available if you have the money to do so. And the Dodgers did it, and people are mad at them for it. But that's okay, because the Yankees did it in the early 2000s, and a lot of teams have done it since the Yankees have done it. It just so happens that the Dodgers are finally... Look at Listen, the Dodgers really groom players from the minor league system. Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Will Smith. They claimed Max Muncy when nobody wanted him. They claimed Chris, they traded for Chris Taylor when nobody wanted him. Cody Bellinger, who's now on the Cubs and a free agent, but he was still a homegrown talent. Corey Seager was a homegrown talent. This narrative that they don't develop players and they just sign everybody, the players that they've signed is only in the past two years. It's Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Glasnow, and Otani. That's just, almost all those are from this offseason or last or the last two offseasons. So for the Dodgers, that mentality, and it starts in spring training. This doesn't start when, when you play your first regular season game. This mentality has to happen in training camp like it was for the Clippers and in spring training like it is now for the Dodgers. You have to have that, I'd hate to say this, and I hate that everyone brings it up, the Mamba mentality. I don't care what anyone thinks. We're going to outwork you. We're going to outplay you, and we're going to try to win a title. I don't care what it takes. We're going to win a title this year. And I know Dave Roberts has said it in the past, but this year they actually have to prove it. And they have to have some sort of fire, some sort of energy, some sort of get back, some revenge. And it starts, Jihei, in spring training. It starts with your first pitch of your bullpen off the mound. It starts with your first bunt session. It starts with your base running sessions in training camp in Arizona. It starts then because if you don't establish those winning type of, that winning type of mentality and those winning, uh, I guess you could say establishments, 
then when you get to October, you're not going to have that same type of mentality. You got to, I know it's a long season, but you got to have that now. And for this team, as talented as it is, everyone's going to be going against you. Everyone's going to be talking about you. Everyone's going to be trying to beat you and much more than in years past. So this is the year where they have to say, I don't care what it takes. I don't care who's talking about me. Go out and do it. Put your feelings aside and go out onto the field and play the game the way I know that Mookie Betts can, the way I know that Freddie Freeman can, and the way I know that a lot of these star-type players can. It's just that we haven't seen it since 2020 in a shortened season. So I, I, I don't know... I don't know what the mentality is, but that's got to be it. And I hope that Dave Roberts, he's not that type of manager, but I hope that Dave Roberts finally instills that type of confidence and mentality into that team. I mean, tell me how you really feel, Grant. You know what? The, you know what I, feel? I needed to say that. I've been waiting to say that, Jihei, since <laughs> November. I've been waiting. <laughs> you, we need to have a segment for you if it's like a two, it's just two minutes long or however long you can go. We need to do something where it's like Grant's rants. Where you just go off on a tangent because yes. that was awesome. I would love that. Listen, I, I try to I try to keep it I try to keep it cool when I'm on air, but I really if I could really dive into how I feel about some of these topics, I could go off just like that. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm uh, trust me, I know I'm in the group chat. Um, that being that being said, you did talk about uh, the first pitch on the mound mentality where they have to be there from day one and. Um, it's not day one, but Dodgers going into spring um, training, going from spring training into regular season in March, um, and they're going to be playing for the first time in Seoul, Korea, in my quote unquote backyard. I'm I'm Korean, but I'm not from there, but I am Korean, so um, I do claim Seoul for sure. My whole family's out there. Um, you know, it, it's a beautiful city, by the way. It's a lot of fun. There's tons of stuff to do. Um, 11 p.m. That's when everything starts. Like going to the going to the market and going and getting the open air food. If you've ever watched um, what what was that uh movie? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie, but it, it's a Thailand movie. And ah, oh, I just I just I just spaced myself. It doesn't matter. Um, anyways, but there's open air markets like that you can go to until like six in the morning. Even past that, there's you know little. Bokbogi stands. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's really good. Um, you know, they're, they're everywhere. And the, the nightlife in Korea is amazing. It's incredible. It's 24 seven. Not going to lie. I'm sure COVID shut down a little bit of it, but I think now they're back. In- I'd absolutely love to go to Korea one day. I'd love to go to South Korea. I highly <laughs> recommend it specifically Seoul. I mean, Pusan is fine, but like Seoul is their Mecca, right? It's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the Padres are playing the Dodgers in March at Gochan. Yes, guys, that's how you say it. Gochan Sky Dome. <laughs> um, tickets sold out already for this. So if you do want to try and go, you can't. And I'll tell you another reason why you can't as well. And this is something that Grant and I, we talked about before air to prep ourselves. This stadium only seats 16,744 people, which I think is insane that. That's crazy. Ma- Major League Baseball would even think about this, like, I would be like, what's the capacity? We'll pass after that. Because you know you're going to sell out. You know that, like, you want to take this international. You want to take this. You want to broaden the brand, so to speak, right? You want you want more butts in the seats, man. Like, forget the streaming mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. And, on, and on top of it, you can't even purchase a ticket, allegedly, unless you have a subscription 
to a particular Korean streaming service and marketing company. They're only giving these tickets out or they're only selling these tickets out to subscribers. It's insane. So like, even if you wanted to come, they're not selling to foreigners. You have a 310 zip code or not zip code. Sorry. Area code. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Can't, can't sign up for a seven day <laughs> free trial subscription for KOB. Can't do it unless you have a Korean you know, area code. Like, so this, they're definitely <laughs> Xing everybody out. But at the same time, I get where they're coming from because they, there are people in Korea specifically, obviously, that's where they are, um, that have never seen a major league baseball game. They've never seen Joe Kelly pitch on the mound. They've only seen these guys on television. Yeah. So, um, in their, you know, Korean streaming <laughs> service that's provided. So they're, um, yeah. with that, I understand why they're only selling to local, to the local market. That being said, this sucks. Cause if you did want to go and you thought that you could possibly go now, now it's like, why, you know, and, and this is really, really shortening the market too. Don't you think, Grant? Yeah. And here's the other thing, Jihei. I think this game is going to be played at like 3 a.m. West coast time. So it's like, I probably won't even get to watch the open. I mean, honestly, I'll probably stay up anyways, just because I love the Dodgers, but it is such a non-ideal time. Like it's, I, I understand, like it's prime time in Korea and it should be, but if you're going to have the first game of Shohei Otani's Dodger career be at that time where I don't even think people on the East coast are going to wake up for that. If it's at 6 a.m., it's really early in the morning. Um, it's it's kind of a shame, uh, but and I don't know if if this is how it is in Korea. I don't know if this is how all of their events are, where you have to have a subscription service and you have to go through, uh, you know, a guideline of uh, of everything. I'm not sure if that's how it works. If it is, okay. But for the MLB fans, for a team that just loaded up in the off season and stole the off season against their, I'd guess say their rival right now, the Padres, and the Padres are trying to upset the Dodgers and trying to do their own thing down there in San Diego. I, it just sucks that this game is going to be really not that accessible to MLB fans. And I know that they're going to make sure that you can watch it in any way possible, but for the time and for the marquee matchup that it is, um, I can see why Rob Manfred is probably not going to do it again. I could, if this was in Japan, this is no disrespect to Korea or anything about that. I, I love Korea and I would love to go visit someday. If it was in Japan, Jihei at the sky dome, I mean, one of those domes, the, you know, that have 60,000 seats as opposed to 16, that would be electric. And especially Shohei Otani in Japan for his first game as a Dodger, that would be great. So I think maybe next year, maybe the year after, I don't know. And I would also like to see the best team in Japan play the best team in the MLB or something like that. I want, this is, I'm going to campaign for this right now. And this isn't just baseball. I want the best team of the Euro League to play the NBA, the best NBA team. I want the best MLB team to play the best Japanese team. And in, in the NFL, you can't really do that because it's the only league really. But I would, I want to see that. I want to see some international crossover. Why not just for a weekend? Just yeah, for a series. I want to see it. There, one of two things. I mean, I think that maybe I'll get a lot of flack for this, but maybe the NBA is a little scared. Because have you seen how they do in I Serbia? I think they are. I think they are. Do you know I how really they do, do in Serbia? Have you seen a preseason game in Serbia? Yes. Because that is no joke. Yes. There are like fireworks flying off in the in the 
in the stands. There are people constantly, like if you've been to an LAFC game, it's similar to that, but on steroids, but on steroids. Like these people, these people are ridiculously fanatics and they're like, they're like the hooligans are going to get into a fight in the middle of the game while all these guys are playing. Like there's a reason why the Joker is And the thing is, you know, and the thing is, Jihei, like, I don't think they're scared of the antics. I think the NBA is scared of the talent overseas. Yeah, that's what I meant too. Because what yeah. if the, the, the EuroLeague, like what, like what if the EuroLeague champion beats the Denver Nuggets? What does that say about the NBA, right? What is that? What kind of picture does that paint on the NBA that the world champions, as they say, can't even beat a team that plays team basketball and practices the right way in the Euro League and they just move the ball around, beats a team from the NBA? What does that say? So I think maybe, look, we all know that the international play of the, of the NBA is what runs the NBA. Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Luka. That's only four, four or five guys that I mentioned, and they're the top of our league. So if you send a team like the Nuggets or whoever wins the title this year, the Clippers, if you send them <laughs> over to play the EuroLeague team, the EuroLeague champion, and if they lose, that's a bad image on the NBA. And I don't think Adam Silver would want that. No, I absolutely 100% agree. And no offense to, you know, the U.S., but Europe done caught up, guys. Europe done caught up. And they caught up a long time ago, by the way. They're just not here. They just haven't brought it over right. to the United States. That's the only difference. I bet you there are some guys, and, you know, again, this might be a controversial take, but there are some guys that are in Europe that are a million times better than Joker. They're just not in the NBA. They just didn't make, they didn't have the ability to make the transition to come over here or the means or whatever to come over here. Right, somebody didn't want. Well, they're to just too young. There's a lot of yeah, young guys that absolutely. that model Jokic's game that will maybe turn into the next Jokic. I mean, look, when Jokic was 18 or 19, we didn't probably think that he would be at the level that he is now, and yeah. here he is. So yeah. there are so many talented players over there in the Euro League that I think these leagues over here, the MLB and the NBA, I don't think they want to stain their image. I think that's what it is. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I mean, there's this that kid Nikola. That's like, yeah. I think he's the third ranked kid coming out of the draft, coming into the draft mm. next year. Um, also again from Serbia. So like, you know, these kids are coming. They're just not coming quicker, quick enough, I guess, uh, to the NBA and making that transition. But yeah, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I mean, the NBA's, I know it's again, it's a controversial thing and we don't, it's taboo and we don't want to want to say it, but the NBA is, you know, they're scared, man, because these kids have already caught up. It'll be interesting to see them in 2024 for the uh, Paris yeah, Olympics. Like that's when the real test is going to happen, and that I can't wait to watch because um, international basketball is something I grew up with. So, like, I love the fact that we're going to be able to see these kids, and this is their chance. This is their one shining moment, right? We we better we better form the Avengers, or else we'll lose. I guarantee <laughs> you that we better form the Avengers, or we'll lose again. Uh, it, it is it is what it is. I love the Marvel. Uh, reference. It's my jam. I love it. Okay, guys, that's all she wrote for now. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody got 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.